Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. We're going to throw random people at him to play with, and you're going to carry the line for 10 fucking years. Are you ready, Hall? It's going to be fun. You know what this is. You clicked on it. It's Brews and Bruins, episode 67. A drinkable podcast you can taste. Uh, the Hockey Podcast Network podcast. Uh, also presented by Bruins Diehards. And then we got that sponsor, uh, 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 DraftKings? Dra- Draft- DraftKings? That's you got correct. That? Yeah, DraftKings. What you talking about, DraftKings? DraftKings? DraftKings is the leader in one-day fantasy sports where every day can be payday. DraftKings, I'm doing all this from memory. <laughs> I don't have a script. Uh, DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across the nation from sea to shining sea. Um, use promo code THPN when you sign up. THPN is in the Hockey Podcast Network. Um, you could save some cash. When you do it, you get some free entries, um, depending on the event. Uh, um, it's a good time. It's a good time. So definitely sign up for DraftKings. Go to DraftKings.com. $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Oh, hey, everybody. Yo. <laughs> it's just me and Drew. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think we'll probably try and keep this one a little short. It's not just uh, us. This, we're more than enough. Yeah, this this is plenty for, but uh, probably too much for for some people. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's weird. Like I, we, I feel like when we talk about the podcast and like what we're gonna do in the off season, we always have this magical time where like there's not a lot going on, where we're gonna have time to do like other fun stuff, and there's always just like shit going on, mm-hmm. and this is an especially short off season two so free agency's happening the expansion draft happened the proper the draft proper happened um i don't know if, entry draft? I don't know if you get yeah i don't know if you got uh takes on the entry draft uh um well i think we have to mention unbruins related in the draft uh yeah that uh fuckface was drafted yeah, by the fuckface uh, team Logan Mayu basically uh, told teams not to draft him because he uh, took an unconsensual, non-consensual picture of a woman during a sex act and non-consensually sent it to his teammates. And uh, yeah, he's a sex criminal. So uh, he told teams not to draft him, I assume, as some sort of like lame attempt at uh redemption at some point but uh anyway uh the habs drafted him despite that and um 
they had some questions to answer and uh, literally didn't. Yep. Just just outrageous that they do that. Especially, like, not that it makes it any better, but the the kid even said, don't fucking draft me like this is going on. You know, it wasn't like this was something that was just kind of kept under under wraps. And, like, we all knew, we all know uh, what he had done. And so I still draft him anyway. Um, either way, drafting him knowing that, but especially it's out in the fucking public. Like, you're just going to look dumb. It's a dumb decision to do. Um, and it really shows where that team and maybe even this league as a whole, where their priorities are at, uh, talent over human being uh yeah i hope he doesn't see the nhl ice yeah it's it's super shitty um read our wonderful friend cat's article uh, in the toronto star from uh about that um she she hit everything um yeah so let's hard pivot to beers mm-hmm. uh what you got drew I've had this one before. It's a Blue Comet, New England, India Pale Ale. Nice 7.1% from Widowmaker Brewing. Um, Yeah, let's have a little little tasty poo. That was my cam impression to to say something a little weird before taking a sip. I I think you're pretty versed in the saying something weird before doing anything on this podcast <laughs> game so alakazam all right so this beer uh <laughs> tasteability you could certainly taste it it is very hoppy and definitely really heavy so tasteability gonna go with a 31 drinkability is pretty damn low uh probably have to go with like a nine on it good beer good beer just definitely heavy if this is a shorter episode, this will probably be the one beer I have. Uh, well, I have a a fine Pilsner beer. I have nice. a, a Miller Lite. Uh, let's let's give this the old taste test. <laughs> that was great. It was coming. It was all muffled in the can. The taste test. Okay. Uh, drinkability thirty eight. Um, and taste twelve. Tasteability, you can you can tasteability it. Um, yeah. So as far as the the Bruins in the entry draft, I don't have many takes. I, I, they took some players. Some people liked their picks. Some people didn't. I'm not going to even pretend to be able to project three to five years from now how good these players are going to be, or if any of them are actually going to reach the NHL. I think it's all kind of especially in a season like this where there was no scouting uh all just kind of a crapshoot and we'll see i think uh uh, why am i forgetting his name now i know it i know it the guy that got in the first round it's first round pick (laughs) (laughs) um it was fabian lizel 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 whatever european lizel is that lizel Lie, what, sell. What country is he from? Is that? Oh, I didn't know you were making me really go. Um, Sweden. I mean, That's he played. He played juniors in Sweden, so I would imagine. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, people I, seemed to like the pick. So. Yeah, I think it was a good one. I think they had said there was some sort of character issues they're worrying about. I hope that's like ego and not like 
something yeah, really that's bad. That's another thing to say about the <laughs> NHL and the <laughs> NHL media is they often conflate like actual crimes with uh, character <laughs> character issues, uh, and that's yeah, that's not um, good. But apparently, he was like a top ten, top fifteen talent, and then I guess some teams. I just saw this on Twitter. I don't know hundred percent. Like this isn't Don Sweeney saying, "Oh, this guy's really." Um, but apparently it was a top 10, top 15 talent, but that those character flaws, quote unquote, um, were what kind of saw him drop down to the Bruins at 21. So hopefully winds up being a good pick. Hopefully those character issues can be flushed out with him just maturing and being, you know, not having an ego if that's the case. Um, yeah, I think it's a good pick. It's a, he's a right winger too. Um, I feel like it's been a while since the Bruins have really actually no, who did they they didn't have a first round pick last year, right? No. I think it's been was... a little bit since they've gone for a forward in the first round. Like really like got a good one that panned out anyway, so Posternock. Well, yeah, yeah, but that was what now, 5 years ago, 4 years ago? Yeah, I'm not saying it was recent. I'm just saying that was the last one. Yeah, yeah, that was the last one. And he was a right winger and he was mm-hmm. in the 20s. So Fabian is going to be the real deal. I mean, he passes the name test. Like, that's a pretty sick hockey name. Yeah. And I think also they picked up a goalie in the third round? No, no, no. They didn't have a third round pick. It was the fourth. Yeah. Or they they didn't have a second round pick. So, yeah, it was in the fourth, though. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they're adding depth there. I don't know how really good the guy is. It's just kind of going to be like a maybe a backup someday. Or who knows? He'll surprise He'll, he'll surprise everybody. Henrik Lundqvist was picked in the seventh round, so uh, anything can happen. Yeah, just a reminder that every Bruins goaltender pick is going to pan out. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> They're all going to be better than Tuka. Yeah, I mean, so th- there were a lot of like weird things that went on in the NHL that we can touch on if you want to. Yeah, um, I-, I think. Yeah, let's like, go through some news before we go to questions. Yeah. So for me, the top one was the Chicago Blackhawks giving uh, Seth Jones a immediately the worst contract in the NHL. Mammoth, mammoth contract. Right after, right after Vancouver traded for the second worst contract in the NHL. Um, yeah, it's a nine and a half per for eight years. Um, I would be worried about paying Seth Jones nine and a half total for eight years mm. <laughs> um, he he has been uh one of the worst defensemen in the league over the past couple of years he had one solid year and has never been a big point producer so i think the narrative has kind of been that he's this really stout defensive defenseman and like as soon as the offensive game comes around he's going to be a great two-way player and he's just never really been that good defensively mm-hmm. and I mean, for the fa- past few years, he's been sheltered by Zach Wierenski, who is a really good defenseman, um, and maybe that's the confusion. I know it's a very, it's a very like two hundred hockey men thing, where it's like, well, he plays, he plays a tough game, and just, <laughs> uh, but he doesn't really bring much to the table other than that. Yeah, I think that contract's pretty crazy, especially, you know, all that aside with the cap not going anywhere, and we're still seeing these huge contracts. And yes, players, NHL players deserve to be paid a lot more money than they're getting, but it, it's just, how do you, 
Like, that contract says this guy is our franchise defenseman now. Like, this is our guy. And he's not that. He's not that. Why waste all that fucking... Why make the trade anyway? Just keep Duncan Keith at a cheaper... Basically, you're going to get the same outcome. And and you'd think the team that signed Brent Seabrook to what was previously one of the worst contracts in the NHL for a defenseman... um, think they'd be a little more cautious about doing something like this but uh yeah it seemed like the obvious thing that was going to happen after they traded for uh seth jones's brother so Mm. well good luck to them (laughs) yeah that's weird um other other things yeah the the Vancouver Canucks trading for Oliver Ekman Larson and mm-hmm. Connor Garland. Um, and O-E-L. then Vancouver sending back a bunch of their bad contracts, kind of a weird one. Um, I don't know that, th- that has some impact on the Bruins because the Bruins were said to be in on Connor Garland. Um, I went on uh cat and Mikey's podcast and listened to them talk about this more, uh, smartly than i could but uh i guess the idea was the the bruins were kind of floating jake debrusque as like well he's been playing right wing but we don't really have space on the left wing for him now um so mm-hmm. maybe get a right winger like connor garland but connor garland's like a lot better than jake debrusque so i don't know what the kicker would have been there to actually make them pull the trigger on that yeah um you know, the bruins don't have a lot of kind of middle of the road pieces that they can add to things like uh, they have guys who are like almost nhl ready but not very good um uh, thinking like vakaninen uh mm-hmm. and i mean studnika is kind of he, he i feel like he'd be too much to throw in and probably yeah. more valuable to the bruins than he would be to another team right now i mean i think he's the the bruins top prospect right now i don't think he part ways with that um yeah, I mean, I'd part ways with someone like DeBrusque if that, if it's going to fill something on the third line there. You have plans to, in another way, fill something in on the third line. Um, but yeah, no, don't trade away Stonika. That's your top prospect. When Krejci and Bergeron and all them are done, that's kind of your insurance plan. Whether he pans out to be that top line guy is still in question, but he has that potential, so don't... It's too soon, and the Bruins do that a lot. They part with their prospects way too soon in a lot of cases, and then in other cases, they hold on to them for too long, just kind of like what we're seeing with DeBrusque right now. So hold on to Stanika. I'm fine parting ways with DeBrusque if it's not going to really hamper the team more because DeBrusque can fill in on that third line better than, like you said, they have a lot of guys that are almost ready for the NHL, but they're not that great. Uh, I think DeBrusque is a tier above those guys. So, I mean, you give yeah. and you get, but. Uh, I guess the other move in the chain of GMs taking on awful defensemen was Rasmus Ristolainen going to Philly um, for, for like first and second things. round pick. <laughs> like, I don't understand why. Uh, the, the dude is even worse than Seth Jones. It's It's bad. Um, uh, and I understand like, okay, he, he's got a lot of pedigree being a high draft pick, um, you know, maybe trying to unlock something that 
he wasn't able to tap into in Buffalo, maybe seeing Taylor Hall get out of Buffalo and being like, oh, maybe like, maybe this guy will be something uh, in Philly. And I guess, you know, putting him in in a situation where he's not the, the top defenseman, um, you know, they got Provorov there. They also just traded for Ryan Ellis. Um, so that he'll be on the, probably on the second pairing. Um, who knows? Maybe that'll help him out a little bit, but he's still bad. Uh, and I think trading a first and a second round pick uh, for a, a guy who's, you know, doesn't pass the eye test or the analytics test um, is kind of a, it's bad management of assets. Yeah, I think it, it makes me thankful for how, as a fan of the Bruins, how they're a little more patient, they're a little more reserved, and sometimes I've been like, just pull the trigger, like you gotta go for it, free agency, pay the big contract, and go for the cup, um, and you know, kind of kick the can down the road of, oh fuck, we gotta figure this out now. Um, but at the same time, I'm really glad that they're cautious and they really think about the contracts that they're signing, uh, and that's why kind of Suter is kind of leaving the table because of... Uh, <laughs> The length and stuff, and we'll get to that in the listener questions. Uh, But, yeah, it does make me thankful for that, I think. And I really think the the Bruins are in an interesting position where I could see Krejci coming back with a hometown discount if they bring Rask back in the latter half of the season once he's recovered from hip surgery. That's going to be a cheap contract, a one-year, which basically equates to six months. Um so I think they're going to have room to make some maneuvers. Like I could totally see Krejci taking a pay cut to be like, okay, sign someone else. Let's go. Let's stack up for the cup, which doesn't happen too much in hockey uh, in terms of, you know, you saw like the big three with the Heat, LeBron and, and co. taking pay cuts to get a team together because it's not that easy in hockey. You can't just have three big stars and be like, all right, let's go dominate the competition. You got to have a little of everything. So um, but I could see a guy like Krejci and Rask taking that pay cut if it's like, hey, this is both of their probably last shots at the cup, I would imagine, mm-hmm. if they came back. Krejci wanting to kind of go to the check, and Tuka, I mean, with all the injuries and stuff, probably close to done. And uh, But it would be great if they took that discount, and I could totally see them doing it, and then that frees up a lot of space for the Bruins to figure out their their issues at left D as well as adding some depth. Speaking of saving some moolah, um, no qualifying offers for Andre Kasha or Nick Ritchie. Um, I think first thing to say about that is it doesn't necessarily mean they're not coming back. It just means that they aren't going to extend that amount of money to them. Mm-hmm. And I, I think a little surprising on Nick Ritchie. I thought that they were kind of enamored with him, but I... <laughs> I'm okay with them not giving him, it was like a two something million dollar qualifying offer and definitely not for, uh, Andre Kasha who, uh, you know, with all those injuries, you you could absolutely bring him back for not very much money. Um, maybe give him a chance to skate around in the AHL for a while and see what happens. But, um, yeah, wouldn't want to pay him anything more than a million dollars right now. Yeah, for sure. And they're they're probably also doing that to save some space. I think a lot of the guys 
on this team who are free agents want to come back, like guys like Richie and Kasha. I think they would gladly come back. Um, so I think it's not like a guy like, oh, I want to go test free agency. Let's give him our best offer now. Maybe coax him out of that. I think they're feeling a little bit safe. And I don't really think teams are going to go out and be like, all right, we need Nick Ritchie right now. Let's go. This is the missing piece. Five years, five mil. Like, the only team I'm worried about doing that is the Rangers because they just did the same thing with Barkley Goodrow. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I think they're, they'll be okay. I mean, whether this team has Kasha or Ritchie going forward, I don't think that's a big issue. I think they can plug the holes. Um, it's really just important to coax Krejci back and I think I think it's not going to be like Sweeney trying to talk to Krejci and be like come back it's going to be Bergy it's going to be Marshy it's going to be Pasta it's going to be that core that's like hey round I would say round two but round 10 let's go (laughs) yeah I'm interested to know like what the behind the scenes were with the Taylor Hall contract um have we talked about that on this pod yet I don't know if we touched on I no 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 no, we haven't recorded since he signed yeah so Taylor Hall, I mean, it's not news anymore. Uh, so Hall. we're not, <laughs> no, no one's listening to this on, on Tuesday. What? What? In July, whatever. Holy going, shit. Holy shit. Can't, be, can't believe he's back. Um, but I anyway, let's offer our thoughts on that. Let's, uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on the, on the deal? I think that's a great deal. I think that's pretty damn team friendly as well. What is it? Four years, six mil? Yeah, four, four six per. six kind of like Krejci hello Krejci knock knock come back uh yeah I think I that's if great Krejci for four years <laughs> no, no 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 I'm just saying it was four by six oh, 46 I get yeah. it Ooh, maybe no, he did that as an homage I'll take Krejci yeah. a year or two but I think Hall that's a great deal because I think he's going to provide that six million worth of production based on how he played and especially if Krejci comes back and you can kind of be like, whoa, that's not much less than Bergeron or Marshawn or Pasternak. Well, Bergeron, Marshawn, and Pasternak all took discounts. Uh, I mean, Bergeron and uh, Marshawn signed their contracts a little while ago, so at that point, it was kind of what they were worth. Still a little bit less. Um, and Pasternak took an extreme pay cut. So in reality, on really any team, like what Hall's being paid would be what your typical second liner is being paid. So I think I think that's a really good deal keeping him around, and whether Krejci comes back or not, they're gonna need him. Uh, he would play excellent with Krejci, and if Krejci doesn't come back, he's gonna be the guy you really needs to pick up the slack. And then it's like, oh, we're gonna throw random people at him to play with, and you're gonna carry the line for ten fucking years. Are you ready, Hall? Yeah. It's gonna be fun. So that that's kind of what I was wondering if there was some behind the scenes talk of like if Krejci doesn't come back, like he's making some demands, like you got to get me a center. Cause I'm not playing with Charlie Coyle next year. Uh, I don't want to play I, I think with it'd you be, anymore. I think it'd be interesting if Krejci didn't come back. Like we'll, we'll get into it with the questions with like some people had some questions on specific players, but um, I think it'd be really interesting to have two veteran guys like Taylor Hall and Craig Smith flanking, Jack Stadnika and seeing what they can do for his game uh, rather than the other way around. Yeah. Um, kind of, kind of one of those like crossing, uh, you know, career arcs where, you know, maybe he starts to pick up the slack as they get a little bit older. Um, 
that that would be interesting to me. I, I think it's probably a little too risky of a thing that to actually happen. I don't I don't think that's very likely. But you know, if I were playing Fun. fake GM, I'd I'd give it a shot for at, at least like a couple weeks or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think if Charlie Coyle is your second line center at the beginning of the season next year, something went wrong, um, and. I I feel like Taylor Hall wouldn't have signed here for four years if there weren't some sort of contingency plan, um, where he he said they like not not necessarily part of the contract. I feel like that's definitely not a thing. But you know, if he's talking to Don Sweeney, going like, "Hey man, like I'm gonna sign this contract, but like th- this is with the idea that you're gonna give me a center to play with." And mm-hmm. like I, I assume the ideal would be Krejci, um, but if not, I'm sure he supplied a few names. Yeah. Are we going um, to questions? Yeah, I think, or is there... Well, let's see if there's anything else pertaining to the Bruins that's not covered in the questions. Oh, uh, expansion draft. We lost Lazon. Oh, we already did that. We had our bye bye lasagna. Yeah, episode. we did so that long was... lasagna. <laughs> that was an entire episode. I completely forgot. We <laughs> will. Uh, oh, by the by the way, we have we have Chanel scheduled for for next episode. The day the her first availability is Thursday night before we uh you know when we record for our Friday episode so we're gonna get her takes on what the expansion draft was like I'm really excited to mm-hmm. to hear yeah about she that. was there she even she had a television appearance on TV love yeah. that stuff all right let's transition to some questions oh, yeah. I don't know I think I have it open another tab. <laughs> Let's see. Yes, I do. All right. We're pros here. I'm not that dumb. Um, so we have like the cam campfire chat. This is the, the I don't know, the dube circle. The doobie circle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our first question comes from Patrick. I'll email to bruisingbruins at gmail.com to keep my answer, uh, my questions a secret. So we'll go to, we'll circle back to the end. Um, we got a question from at Aiden Holloran well I say question but there's a lot here there's a lot to unpack have you heard of the Holtby trade rumors are they real so Chris are they real do you what's your inside scoop so NHL insider Chris gear I feel like there's more to that question I I read that one isn't there like it doesn't that go on for a bit because it is but Oh, and then what is the probability of a trade? What would it take? Because I feel like Dan Vladar <laughs> and a twenty twenty six round pick for. I Holtby feel like the the trade uh, the trade that was suggested is a weird one because one think... Tuca is a UFA, so that's. <laughs> I mean, I, you can sign a trade, obviously, but I, if you want Braden Holpe, it's not to replace Tuca. Yeah, I think that's to uh, replace his first half of the season and then become a, a veteran backup um i don't know if people know how bad Braden holpe's been over the last like three years um it's been he, good versus the bruins but other than that yeah i think that especially bruins fans don't maybe don't understand that um even in the season where the caps won the cup he was not the starting goaltender to begin the playoffs mm-hmm. um it was Ilya samsonov and he 
uh, he gained the net back in the playoffs after a really rough uh, regular season. Um, and yeah, he just hasn't been the same Braden Holtby. I mean, he's getting older. He's he's a little younger than Tuca, but I mean, you never really know with goalies like what who's going to make the adjustment and and stay mm-hmm. good. Tuca's done a really good job of doing that, but also, you know, obviously has had some health issues over the past few years, and mm-hmm. um, that's another thing that happens with older goaltenders. Um, yeah, I think the ideal is to do something to to get a veteran goaltender in here so that Jeremy Swayman's not here. Uh, not your number night. one and number two. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it, we still don't know if Dan Vladar is ready to be an NHL backup right now. So uh, I, I'd say no. I'm no. I'm no Cat Silverman. I'm no expert, but he was skeptical. he was good for a short stint last year um, when when both Halak and Tuca weren't playing, um, and then had a couple of really rough outings that brought his uh season stats down to a place where you don't want to see him um yeah i mean i think jonathan bernier was a a guy who was uh, a name that was being floated around but i think the uh the ideas that he's going to sign in carolina after that inexplicable alex nadelkovich trade um (laughs) drew covering his mouth over there um oh my neighbors have begun talking outside that's cool nice let's talk to um, them get their get their take on yeah, this open, trade open the window and, and ask them what's up hey what do you think <laughs> of brandon Holtby for tuka um, tampa die in the 2020s yeah I don't, I don't really i don't know we're also going to get to another another potential trade option for for goaltenders i don't know if there's anyone out there in the free agent market that uh that really seems like a good fit. Um, so I think maybe a trade is probably something that's going to need to happen. And it's probably someone that we're not all looking at going like, that's the guy. Yeah. I mean, I think if you're riding Swayman and Vladar, that's not your path to the cup. Um, I think if they do that, Swayman will either have to have a very, very good season, but I think they would have to be signing Tuca and, giving Tuca kind of the reins going into the postseason. Well, ideally, what I'd like to see is Swayman is sick, like all season, right? They re-sign Tuca. Swayman keeps the starting position, but gets injured going into the playoffs. And Tuca starts and leads the team to the cup. It gets the con Smythe, and then we have Hags on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want any scenario in which Swayman gets hurt, but... No, it's um, just like a little... It's like a like a small injury and then Tuca is just outstanding for five games. And they're like, no, stay with the hot hand, which isn't what the Bruins seem to do a lot of the time. They kind of, no, (laughs) I mean, it's, it is interesting. So like, I, I do have this, like, I I feel like any Bruins fan would have a tough time not thinking about like, what if they had just started Swayman, like for the playoffs last year? And I don't think anything different would have happened. Like it might've been even worse, but I mean, a lot of the, their issues was offense. Yeah. Yeah. You can't win nothing, nothing. Um, but moving on. Um, so the rest of that tweet, um, hope he starts over Swayman. Halak starts in Providence or trade Halak for PK Subban and a prospect goalie. 
Wait, is that a real? Is that yes, a real trade? Halak for PK Subban and a prospect goalie. I think. Oh I think honestly, no offense to Aiden, but I think he threw this into like NHL 21 GM mode, and like that's what the what the other GM would accept the AI. So, um, I mean, considering he's trading two UFA goaltenders, uh, <laughs> I mean, I. I don't think Halak has any plans of re-signing in Boston, but I, I think I think it's probably assuming that Tuca or Halak re-sign with Boston, then you're trading them. But even so, I think Tuca Tuca said he is only playing in Boston. He made that very clear. No Which other I team is going love. to fucking go near him. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Gives you a lot of security. But I just also, don't understand how there are Bruins fans who don't love this guy. He just I fucking know. bleeds black and gold. <laughs> uh, he loves the city. He doesn't. He does. The big reason is he doesn't want to move. He's like my kids has, go to school here. Like, I has love he ever here. once complained about being in Boston? No, <laughs> never. Like he's never been like my playing time sucks. Yeah, never- <laughs> it's not like like with Krejci. No, no, like shade to Krejci, but he's like you know I kind of want to go back home to the Czech, which no one can blame him. But <laughs> Tuka's not even like that. He's like I have the long drink in Boston, so I'm set. <laughs> <laughs> Shouts to Kaylee, who I saw on uh, Instagram, was like at a bar drinking the long drink the other yeah. night. Uh, let's let's move on to the next question. Uh, Joseph Laposata, Laposata, oh, I'm betraying that. Sorry, at yeah, Demhocracy, right. Hocracy. Oh, Demhocracy. I like that. Hey. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a sec. Hey there. With Suter looking for a long-term deal, what free agents do you think the Bees should pursue to fill the hole on left D? Alternatively, Mike Riley. Mike Riley. Alternatively, anybody that you think the Bruins might be able to trade for? If so, what do you think we should offer? So I think we kind of mentioned DeBrusque as some bait there. I think you can part with some picks. Look, if you're going for the cup this year, part with picks. Like, fuck the pipeline. You're Yeah. Like, go for it. And then if you have to rebuild later, you want a cup. I don't think they'll go into full rebuild mode, but give up some picks. Give up that first rounder if it's going to bring you something worthwhile and decent contract. Don't blow it on a Duncan Keith. Um, make something really work with that. But honestly, I'd say all picks are on the table. I think DeBrusque is on the table, and then there's some young even, guys other than I'd put I'd put Stadnika on the table for the right guy. But um, If it's going to be, yeah. If it is that talent, and if it's Stadnika, someone who's going to stick around for a bit, not a rental. Yeah. So the the guy who sticks out to me, um, you're not doing it now, but you're waiting until Nashville inevitably sucks. I think and... that's the name of the episode. You're not doing it now. <laughs> you're waiting for Nashville until Nashville inevitably sucks. It's a long episode title, but I'm with it. <laughs> we got to acronym it. Ferns. <laughs> Ferns. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Matthias Ekholm was the big the big mm-hmm. name at the deadline last year, and he yep. ended up not moving, and then Nashville made the playoffs, and obviously that didn't work out because they were a bad team. But um, that that's, that's kind of the guy who's now a rental. Maybe you wait until he becomes available because Nashville is definitely going to be worse this year. Um, they've, they've already moved Ryan Ellis. They're, they're trying to retool a little bit. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that's going to be a guy who's available. The price is probably going to be pretty high. Um, obviously not as high as it would have been last year because, you know, he, he's now a strict rental. Um, 
But yeah, Matias Ekholm's a, a really good player on on both ends of the ice, and if you have him on your second pairing, that's great. Um, I, I think the the ideal would be to re-sign Mike Riley. Uh, I'm going to keep pumping that, but I mean, if Mike Riley's agent sees that Seth Jones just got nine million a year, and he says, "Hey, like." my my guy is so much better than seth jones like check out this dude <laughs> he can actually do stuff on the ice he could play um, hockey maybe he plays himself out of the the bruins price range um you know playing for a team for half a season doesn't necessarily make somebody want to take a hometown discount you know um but you know if, if mike riley wants five six million dollars i'm giving him it yeah yeah, pull pull that trigger. Got to go for the cup this year. Bruins are a little hesitant at times, a little too hesitant. Yeah, I don't have any really good names for, for trade targets. That's always a hard question. It's cause... really hard at this point, too, because every team's signing free agents and they're focused on adding. They're not yeah. really focused on subtracting as much until it's, another every, week or two everyone's, down the line. Everyone's optimistic at the beginning of the season. Like, look at the the kings who were like kind of surprisingly good last year like they weren't good but they were supposed to be like maybe the worst team in the league and then some of their prospects kind of stepped up and it was like okay maybe this team could contend in like a year or two yeah um which not realistic but probably like two three years down the road might might be a a decent team so they're probably not looking to sell anybody you know um and i don't see any obvious teams where like the Sabres uh, don't have any great players that I'm looking at, like, uh, you know, other than Jack Eichel. But, I mean, like, defensively, I am not looking at them going, like, oh, we need Rasmus Dahlin. Um, and, and that's also not a guy that they're looking to move. So, uh, Next question comes from JinkyBot at JinkyBot5. Um, if Tuca doesn't re-sign with the Bruins, who will be brought in to pair with Swayman? I think we already talked about that being someone we probably don't even know the name of currently. Um, I think we'll know their. I think we, we'll, we'll we recognize their the name, but we <laughs> can't player. name that name right now. You know, that's what I was getting at. But uh, James Reimer, James Reimer, there you go, full uh, circle. I, I think uh, Frederick Anderson. Um, I would love to have Freddie Anderson. Dude, in that'd town, be great. I I don't. I don't know what his stock is right now. I think he is probably better than the last couple of seasons he had in Toronto. But he's probably unhappy in Toronto right now. Well, I mean, he's he's a UFA, so yeah. you could just sign him. Um, could, yeah. But I, I, it'd be it'd be interesting because I don't know how many teams are just like straight up looking for a goalie, um, and he he'll probably command starter money. But um, th- that's another guy where you can be like, the Oilers just signed mike smith for two years at the age of 40 uh for two million a year so like freddie anderson's probably going to get somewhere in the five million range Mm -hmm. um robert schloster at r schloss 33 mike riley or keith yandel we know the correct answer but any excuse to talk mike riley (laughs) love this question um yeah keith yandel is uh what, he's like 36. Yeah, but he's, he's Iron Man. And he's a power play only player. He's um, Iron Man. Yeah, I mean, so if you're giving up on the idea of Matt Grizzlick or Charlie McAvoy running your power play, 
sure, he could probably improve your power play, but he's not going to improve your team in any other way. And also you have to be concerned about uh, a decline at, at this age. So mm-hmm. um, maybe he stops being able to do the power play stuff. Um, and he really can't play defense in his own zone. And Mike Riley can do that. Um, and Mike Riley can also push the puck up the ice. And those are those are things you really want to see in a in you know your second pairing left defenseman yeah i think if the bruins are to add yandel that's kind of a trade deadline thing where you're seeing okay this guy is performing well this season because it's definitely a big gamble on a on a guy his age as you said the decline is kind of yandel gambling on yand (sighs) gambling that can't be our our episode title because we don't want to gamble on the yandel Yandel gamble (laughs) yandel gamble ramble um (laughs) Anyway, uh, yeah, I don't think that's a guy they go for right off the bat um, to start the season because the guy that age, you kind of want to see where they are at in the present in competitive games because um, I think Yandel's totally the kind of guy like the Bruins go after and acquire and then does not pan guy. out. Yeah, I think you got to see more from him. Um, he's, he's definitely their type. Uh, Andre Kasha's ghost at Sean Raho 17 says, uh, it's true. Can confirm because our, uh, our tweet was drop us some of your Bruins questions and you'll get a shout out on the pod. It's very cool to get a shout out on our pod. And we're not just saying that people, they come to me and tell me that this is true. That's the best pod <laughs> they've ever heard. Um, I, I don't get the voice right, but I think I kind of got the pacing, right? Yeah. It's good enough. Yeah, good enough. Better than I do. Yeah, think about that one for a little bit. Um, <laughs> AJ at McNeil and Prey. Um, if Krejci doesn't come back, do you see the Bruins pushing even harder for Dvorak? Now, I didn't even see the Bruins attached to Dvorak anywhere. Um, well, so the thing was they were connected with th- – there was never any like – is he from Boston? Ex- <laughs> no, he's not. Uh, I believe he's Czech. Yeah, um, I think so. I, I think there was, sure there was never any like explicit, uh, the Bruins are tied to Connor Garland. It was the Bruins are in talks with Arizona. So oh, people so were saying, people were saying like, oh, like as soon as Garland and, and OEL went to Vancouver, like they must not have been talking about them. They must have been talking about Dvorak. It's impossible um, for the Bruins to get outbid. Devor, yeah, Devorak's interesting. Um, he's he's kind of like a, an inconsistent point producer, um, but he's making reasonable money. Um, he's he's the kind of guy where if you want to do something, so kind of counter to what you were saying earlier, Drew, where like instead of being patient and figuring out if Krejci's coming back or not. If you want to do something, we're kind of playing both sides where like, all right, worst case scenario, this guy's our second line center. Um, then I like the move, like depending on what you give up. Like if you're doing, if you're doing picks and prospects and stuff and not really giving up anything off the roster, um, he's not great defensively. And I don't really know if he's great offensively, but he does have a history with Taylor Hall and apparently played really well when he did play with Taylor Hall. 
Um, and yeah, I think he's like in the four and a half million range. Yeah, it um, is. Uh, I was just looking it up. It's four point four five. So yeah. Yeah. So that, like that's super reasonable for a middle six center, and he can also play wing if Krejci does come back. I think I'd be more comfortable with like starting him on the wing, but he is a left shot, so he'd probably be on the left wing. If you're not re-signing Richie, maybe that's the thing that that happens. Um, but also, Coyle can play the wing. Um, it, yeah, it's it's one of those moves where like if if the best case scenario happens and Krejci comes back, you can deal with that as well, and your team is still probably better for it. Um, and if Krejci doesn't come back, yeah, you probably take a hit. Um, and maybe that's not the ideal move, but, um, you're at least not sunk. Like the, the second line isn't shit now. (laughs) Yeah. I think Dvorak would honestly be a good target for the Bruins at that cap hit. He could be a second line guy, or he could just be a really good third liner. If you can kind of bank on him being that really good third liner. And I mean, he's, I don't have his age here, but he, he must be pretty young because he's, he's not even halfway. He's 25. He's 25, yeah. He's not even halfway through his second NHL contract. Um, last two years of that, modified no trade clause. He gets to submit eight teams. That's not an issue if you're looking to get rid of him, really. If you submit eight teams out of the 32, well, I guess it would be the other 31. Now in the league, Seattle, baby. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's all go to Seattle. Seattle road trip. Yeah, I, I think that's a decent target. I think, really, you do need to figure out the defense. I think that's the biggest, biggest thing, especially if you have a good feeling that Krejci would come back. Um, but, yeah, not a bad option. I think uh, I think certainly better than a lot of the guys that the Bruins have been connected to in recent off-seasons. Um, yeah, I, I think ideally I would want to be patient and find somebody else afterwards if that's if Krejci's gone, you, you find – somebody else and i guess the, yeah, then you drop six seven bill on second line well, center so uh i was actually talking to bsc before um before the pod shouts to bsc bsc um, when's he coming on i talked to him about it he's apparently he took a he's taking a long break from pods he our pod was the last one he went on so uh, oh we ruined it <laughs> yeah well i i offered him an, an open invitation he said he, he would absolutely come back on when he's ready but he's still he's still on hiatus nice. um but um so pious Suter, um pretty good prospect out of chicago they did not put in a qualifying offer for him so he's a ufa right now um small sample size but some really good underlying numbers maybe not really good but like 77th percentile kind of thing where like this guy could definitely be a second line center um also 25 years old um it's one of those things where like Dvorak has proven what he is but what Pius Suter showed this past year in a small sample was better than that but is that really what he is um so that's that's kind of the guy that i might target if Krejci says i'm not coming back but also it's it's unclear if like he's actually going to sign before Krejci comes back or, or whatnot so you know they, these are the complicated things that you have to juggle when you are an nhl gm and that's why you go to harvard like don sweeney um no you go to harvard to play hockey drew yeah, but then you also get, like, a sick-ass degree. Um, 
Anyway, <laughs> Mark has a question for us at Mark Paselli13. Just goes by Mark on Twitter. It's the Mark. Um, He's the one. Do you see Darcy Kemper as a viable option to pair with Ladar and Swayman while Tukes recovers from surgery? I guess that's kind of like one of those guys we said we don't know who it's going to be. But yeah, we'd recognize the name when we saw one. I don't think that's bad, but it's like, I, I don't know what his contract situation is. Is he a free agent? Uh, if... No, I think I think he's I think he's with the team for one or two more years, but I think it's somewhere in the th- three five range, somewhere around there. Isn't this a guy that uh, uh, Cat is kind of high on? I'm looking up his contract right now. Well, he's he's a Coyotes goalie, so yeah. Well, yeah, but outside <laughs> of that, I think. Uh, I mean, he's good. So the the problem with 4. him is 5, health. By the way, four point five million. Okay, four and a half. Yeah. So the problem with him is health. Um, I think the Coyotes kind of did the same thing that the Bruins did with Adam McQuaid and Kevin Miller. And they were like, here are these two exact same players who are always injured. Let's pay them both to be one player and that'll work out. And they did that for uh, Darcy Kemper and Auntie Ranta. And turns out two guys aren't always hurt uh, in like inverse times. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's how you get Aiden Hill starting a bunch of games. Yeah, Darcy Kemper's really good when he's healthy, but um, hasn't really been healthy for large portions of the last few years. So I feel like if you're bringing in a guy to be like the steady uh, veteran presence while you're waiting for Tuca to come back from injury, I don't know if that's your guy because then you just you're gonna end up back at square one at some point. Yeah, for sure. Um, we got one last question via email. We teased it earlier. It's from Patrick, Patrick Laverty. Um, would you agree that the Bruins need a little more grit or snarl to make it through the playoffs? And if so, would you think about adding uh, Korea, Kyra, I don't know how to pronounce his name, from Edmonton? Wow, what is K-H-A-I-R-A. I know I know the player. Jujar Kara. Kara. All right. From Edmonton for the league minimum on the fourth line? Or would you add Corey Perry for one mil? Honestly, I would add either of them for one mil. Honestly, just give it a fucking shot. Like Corey Perry, yeah. probably not going to do much for you, but he could be one of those guys that's like, all right, he comes up clutch in some moments somehow, like exceeds expectations. He flashes of the old Corey Perry, or uh, with Kara or whatever you had said. Now I immediately forget. Kara, Kara, it's Chara Kara. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's a good fourth-line guy, too. Brings a little bit of that toughness. And I think it usually I'm kind of against bringing just in that toughness because I think he also kind of needs some skill on the fourth line. And the Bruins had kind of a fourth line that was clicking at times. But right now, the fourth line is wide fucking open. Like, why not drop one mil on on a guy that could just bring that toughness and he fits in with some other guys like Lazar who have a little bit more skill and can move the puck a bit. Uh, I don't know if they'd be able to at one mil, but if they could, then hell yeah, go for it. Not much. Yeah. I mean, as, as, mu- as much as we talk on this podcast about like how, how much you want skill more than you want just size, um, the combination of both is, is excellent, but also mm-hmm. kind of like a unicorn thing where like, there's alex ovechkin then then there's i don't know um yeah so i mean those players are necessary um i don't know 
you you don't want to get knocked off the puck constantly in the playoffs. Um, but it's not like the Bruins are a small team. Like how often is is Patrice Bergeron getting knocked off the puck? Like he's not a big guy, but he's sturdy and has puck control ability. And I mean David Krejci also the same deal. Like he's a smaller guy, but can control the puck and keep it away from players. Like it's one of those things where it's it's kind of perception versus reality. Maybe people saw the the third line of the lightning and we're like ooh yeah like that's what won them the cup um and i think we've talked about it on here before like no guys like nikita kucherov and steven stamkos and yanni gord and Braden point those guys win you cups really helps having like skill and and physicality like blake coleman like that's a guy that mm-hmm would love to have he's going to make way too much money in free agency for the Bruins to go out and get but the stuff like that is how the Rangers end up overpaying for Barkley Goodrow and yeah I would absolutely rather pay for a guy like Jujar Kara on the on the fourth line than overpay for Barkley Goodrow to probably play on your third line and not be good enough to do that um the second half of his question we kind of already addressed it's about now that suitors kind of out of the equation, who do each of you think the Bruins' biggest offseason acquisition would be, not counting guys who were on the team last year? Um, we kind of threw out a couple names already. I think we can leave it at that. He says, thanks, I'll hang up and listen. The yeah, sign of a well, dedicated We'll go listener. with uh, Pius Suter. Uh, I don't know. I, I think we'll, we'll see. It's, it's going to be somebody. I, they're not going to stand pat i don't think no no i think, I don't uh, think they will either if they stand pat they're in a losing situation because they lost yeah. lazon not that lazon would have made that great of an impact but if you're not adding anything then it's another hole to fill yeah. drew you made a great point at the beginning of the episode the bruins are have been patient over the last few years and it's a lot of like why isn't sweeney doing anything and then like he'll go out and make a couple of big moves and everyone's like oh <laughs> <laughs> So I'm hoping that's the case now. I, I don't, I don't have my full trust placed in Don Sweeney's hands because he always seems like he's on the cusp of doing something really stupid and then doesn't. But, um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to hear that Don Sweeney's in on Ryan Getzloff. Like, don't want that. <laughs> but you know, I, if he's in on christian dvorak there are worse things in the world for sure um just a reminder to listeners out there you can ask us questions on twitter you can slide into our dms on instagram at bruise and bruins at bruise and bruins on twitter as well and then bruise and bruins at gmail.com for some emails if you're not on either um and if you don't have email twitter or instagram i guess we'll just never talk to you directly uh, <laughs> well, you could you could start your own podcast as like a rebuttal to our podcast. <laughs> That'd be and fantastic. Then maybe, we'll, maybe we'll stumble upon it someday. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Um, yeah. Anything else, Chris? Before we say adios, <laughs> I like how I kind of took over the hosting. <laughs> I mean, you you started the the, the question segment, yeah. so. There we go. It's a split it's a, episode. It's a little, it's 50-50. little handoff. Yeah. Cam does nothing. 
Cam, not even here. Um, just we wanted just... to give our wanted to rest our bullpen. You know, you got to keep those arms rested. So <laughs> keep we'll, them in jackets. We'll, we'll be back on uh, on Friday with uh, more content. More than just us. Yep. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Boop boop. Boo doo doo doo. Boop boop. Boo doo doo doo. Boo doo 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 doo.